Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite coworkers about what you watched last night. I am Matt Scalisi. I'm joined, as always, by my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. We've been watching TV. We've been watching movies. We've been swiping through TikTok on our social media, on our phones. <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing all the things that normal people do, and now we're yes. going to talk about it. Right, Caroline? Yes, it's my favorite time of the week. <laughs> so we've got later on in the show today, we've got so uh, a longtime uh, favorite of mine on social media, by the way, Matt Brown, who is the creator of Extra Points, which is a phenomenal <laughs> website and newsletter all about college football. Uh, and we're getting closer to college football season, so I'm sure I'm going to bug him a little bit about college football, <laughs> but we're, he's here mostly for our pop culture potluck uh, segment of the show to talk about playing Nintendo as an adult. Yeah. Uh, which is a topic that that is very relevant to me lately, and we'll get into that later in the show. <laughs> but I'm excited to dig into that with Matt later in the show. I mean, the only way that would be better this week is if his daughter Penny was coming on instead of Matt. A major um, a major presence on his social media. Yeah, if you followed Matt Brown at all on Twitter ever, his oldest daughter, his eldest daughter, I don't know, I am the eldest boy, um, <laughs> will from time to time take over his Twitter account. And my favorite thing about it is, one, you immediately know when it's Penny. And two, we've been able to see her uh, spelling improve as she's gotten older. <laughs> Just like my, I think it's the cutest thing in the world. Um, so that as she as she tweets things like my dad is a is a butt or like a fart butt, a classic, um, a classic tweet. Yeah, classic tweet. Um, you see all of her spelling improve and stuff. It's it's great. She's she's a legend. But I think we'll just we will still have fun with Matt today. Um, so I'm excited to chat with him for sure. But first, before we get into that, as always, we're going to talk about some headlines that have been going on involving the pop culture world. And actually, our first item that we're going to talk about today touches on pop culture and sports specifically yeah. college football really um, and, and pro football to some degree. Yeah. But the, the story that, that has been going on this week uh, for folks who, who maybe don't closely follow sports news, Michael Orr, who is uh, this, both a longtime elite football player and also was the subject of the film, the blind side, which was nominated yeah. for a best picture uh, and, and one uh, for Best Actress for Sandra Bullock's performance, Michael Orr uh, has been making some comments and giving some interviews this week regarding the truth of, from his perspective, the truth of the situation yeah. that actually went down. And and for people who haven't seen The Blind Side, the story is kind of a heartwarming, um, classic sports underdog story where yeah. a, a, a football player... Uh, is is facing many hardships, financial and otherwise, and he's sort of taken under the wing of a family in Mississippi who decides to um, 
you know, help him get into college and help him get through college with tutoring, with financial resources and all those things. And Family he eventually support. Right. becomes and one of the family. That's which right. Is an he important sort of becomes distinction for yeah. Right. And, and and so it's a very it's a very heartwarming movie. It, it was a movie that a lot of yes, people loved when it came out. I cried. And according to Michael Orr, uh, a lot of it was inaccurate and and he's sort of talking about it mm -hmm. in more detail now. He's talking about that really maybe the family wasn't totally upfront with him about no. the actual legal relationship that they had with him. Uh, you know, he was sort of yeah. under the under the mistaken belief that he had been adopted by the family. Right. And in fact, it was a financial conservatorship. So it's it's a it's not a fun story. It's a, it's, no. it's a story that unfortunately, sometimes when we learn the real truth about these these stories that are behind these movies that are based on a true story it's often much more complicated much uglier much less uh satisfying to hear than reality but it is important to know what really happened i think yeah and it's it's uh it just has been so I don't know, for lack of a better word, I guess, gross to read some of the stuff. It is gross, yeah. you, it, you were right. Like, and I'll be honest, I've seen the movie once and I don't remember much outside the basic premise. And there's a line where Sandra Bullock is showing support for Michael. Uh, so she plays Leanne Tui, the mom, and she's showing support and saying like, wherever you want to go to school, we will support you. Um, and then it's a very sweet moment. And there's this hilarious line in the way she says it with this, like, but I will not wear that gaudy orange talking about Tennessee. Right. And that's like legitimately the only thing that has stuck in my brain about this movie. Um, and it's devastating because I mean, it's on its, what we've learned sounds just like a, it's a story of taking advantage of a, of a, of someone that needed, you know, like thought they were getting a helping hand. And instead because of the conservatorship, um, he didn't get any money off of, the blind side like right. everyone else in that family made money off of his story which he's saying and i i believe 100 percent because some of the stuff like they portray him in the movie is like not being able to like not being very smart not being able to like struggling with reading like that he was unfamiliar with things like sleeping in beds and like all of that was exaggerated to show this like savior family coming in to help this boy or this like young man this high schooler yeah that she essentially, if I remember correctly, she pulls up next to him on the street. Like, and, you know, from people who are more familiar with, like, his actual story, like, he was already enrolled in the high school. Like, she didn't teach him how to play football. Like, none of this stuff. So all these, like, stories coming out of it. And so it's just been, it's it's going to be a mess, I think. <laughs> it, this yeah. is just the, the start of it. And I, I feel, and it's affected his career. Because he was telling stories about how there were NFL executives who, who, you're, you get painted in a massive blockbuster or successful movie as an idiot. They're going to think that you're an idiot. You can't, won't be able to learn the, the playbook that, you know, you, you aren't capable of like taking care of yourself or whatever nonsense. And now it's affecting, you're not only not getting money from being the subject of this huge story, but you're also now impacting your future earnings as like an NFL player and like Drax, draft, the, the, the draft stock. <laughs> That's the thing. Sure. And, and so on and so forth. So it's just, it's such a, Bummer. I think it opens an interesting sort of bigger discussion too. And it weirdly, I hadn't really connected these two dots until we started talking about it just now, but they're, they're actually on Twitter this morning when I opened it up, there was a conversation going on about another movie that is 
quote unquote, based on a true story, which is straight out of Compton. And a lot of people are sort of having a good time about it. And they're pointing out these details about the movie, about uh, things that that are very clearly dramatized because it's more fun to show it in the movie that way. Showing people writing a song in in real life is pretty boring. You know, like you figure it out one word at a time. I mean, look, I'm speaking from a lot of experience. Here, I was going to say, unless it's the Beatles, the Beatles <laughs> documentary where we saw actual footage of them coming up with Get Back, which is one of the like yeah. iconic clips well, most of the time. And even that, not, is, yeah. even that is heavily edited, right? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, they're showing Dr. Dre in that movie, like, like sort of figuring out the melody of one of the songs on a keyboard. And like, I mean, look, it's a sample. He didn't write the music. It, that's like that's like the whole point of being a DJ. So <laughs> it, it's 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 interesting because this is this has always been a big part of movies, right? Like telling stories that are loosely based on a real thing that happened. Yeah, Gran and the, Turismo and the Gran Turismo is <laughs> another great example. Coming out August twenty fifth. Yeah, and, and there, there are some liberties taken with various for sure. Points. Yeah, you know, yes. but. But but I, I think it's and, and people have talked about this with Oppenheimer, too, you know, like I think I think that it's it's important to remember when we see these movies that it is in many ways should be taken as just as fictional as any other movie as as the Barbie yeah. movie. Right. Like yeah. even when it is based on a true story, there's by nature, there are so many things that have to be made up about the characters, about the words they say to each other, that it's it's it can get really dicey. Even a movie where where the people making it thought that the subject of the movie was made to look good and is the hero of the story, they yeah. inadvertently may have messed his life up by creating perceptions about this guy yeah. through the through the movie that they made about him. Yeah. I mean it's has had real world implications for this for this guy in it. I just hope some. I just hope that the people are held accountable in some way. Yeah, I, and it's not just about money. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just sure. like, oh, let's get this guy's money. Like, it's just, it's he was taken advantage of at a time where he thought he could trust people, and that's like devast. Like, that's devastating. Like, I love someone shared that he like a picture of his his family now. He's married, like has kid. Like, I think it was like his wife, his kids. Like, and so that was like, oh, that's lovely. Like, that's. That's good. I want you to have a support. Like, you know, to talk to <laughs> yeah, that's great. He has because they've had a falling them. out over the years, and there were some right. hints that something like this was, was actually. Ha- I mean, there's been, I think, people from the like Mississippi, Memphis, like the 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 communities involved with the different pieces um, have had inklings or known things over time that was like that wasn't quite accurate. That wasn't quite accurate. Um, but they, I think there was like a lot of, you know, there's some tweets have now been deleted. There were like unfollowing or blocking mm-hmm. of, you know, I think Leanne Tui blocked him on various social media accounts. Like this has not been, um, it's sadly not a huge surprise that this isn't like where it's gotten to now. Um, but it's devastating nonetheless. It makes me sad. I don't like yeah. Sad. A bummer. Let's, let's, let's uh, move <laughs> from that to something com- completely <laughs> unrealistic and fun and goofy in every way, which is uh, our friend Mitchell Northam from for the win has made a list this week over at for the win uh, of ranking the best star Wars shows. He's doing this ahead of uh, the, the latest show, which is Ahsoka coming out. I believe Very excited. next week. Am I right? Yeah, I think the 23rd. Yes. 
Sound right? So, um, this this is something that we haven't really talked a lot of Star Wars because no. this is there, there hasn't been any new stuff yeah. since we started the podcast. <laughs> but um, Mitchell Mitchell has, I mean, spoiler alert: you go through the whole rankings. Mitchell has Andor at number one. This is uh, I am also one of the people who says that Andor is is the best thing that Star Wars has made in this new era. I, I don't know what your opinion on any of these I mean, shows is. I know you you are. You are, at, at, to some degree, you are a Star Wars fan, correct? Oh, yes. I think the only stuff that I haven't seen that I can't... I haven't seen any of the animated series, so... Yeah. And I know I've that there's some, some really good ones. Yeah. yeah, I know there's some really, really good ones. Um, Andor is probably, slash definitely, the best Star Wars content <laughs> that has come out since Rogue One. Uh, if I'm remembering my timeline correctly, but I don't know. So uh, basically everything from the, here, let's do it this way. Since the initial trilogy, Mm -hmm. I think Andor is my second favorite thing that has come out behind Rogue One. One. Yeah. And I I paused for a second there because I actually really like Revenge of the Sith, but I don't think I like it better than either of those two. If I really think about it. Although every single time my horse puppy Maverick runs up the steps now when I'm carrying food up from my kitchen to my living room, um, I, I know feel I, he's Obi Wan every single time because <laughs> he sprints past me to get to the top of the stairs so he can like try and get into or onto my plate or bowl, whatever. He need, he wants the high ground. <laughs> he has the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost, uh, but anyway, um, Andor was just something that was so different and mm-hmm. so well, I mean, it was so well written, so well acted, et cetera, et cetera. I think the one with the jailbreak was like one of the best episodes, incredible, in, in a very long time. I mean. Yes. And that's to say, like, I think there we are living, there are people who complain about the state of television or content right now. Um, and I don't know that I'm like there because I think we've seen some really, really great episodes of things between Succession and Andor and Ted Lasso and like some of these other like shows that we've gotten really, really excellent. You know, people have talked about the Thanksgiving or the holiday episode of The Bear. Um, if you go all the way back to like the Schitt's Creek finale, like there have been like really, and those aren't the only good episodes of anything that have come out, but you know, we've had some like iconic um, television moments and it's just something that I think the beauty of it is how mundane it is. If that makes sense. Like it's, it's about normal people. That's, that's what yeah. no, I, I totally agree. I, I love it's that. Not lightsabers not. And, and spaceships and the stuff that I do love about star Wars. Like I love those things, right. um, but it's, this guy and it he doesn't want to get involved (laughs) he's just trying like everything sucks he's just trying to live his life and like and so it's it's the um horrible guy that works at the you know he's trying to track down this killer you know it's essentially like an office drama where he's like being told by his supervisor to let it go and he can't and like you know it's it's, just uh, i i think i think what's crazy about it is right because it's because it's about small things yeah and it's about things that are very relatable to normal people like the rest of us can't really relate to an order of celibate priests who have laser swords and go around the galaxy (laughs) it's it's a cool idea but but it's not very relatable and this and or by focusing on very normal concerns like like a person who is a, a community that's so poor that they kind of don't 
they they don't care about keeping the peace anymore. When somebody comes in and says, we're instituting order, they say, what do I have to lose anyway? So we're going to throw rocks at you or, or in the, in the episodes you're talking about a bunch of guys in prison who have been given no reason to hope they will ever get out. So what does that do to them? Like these are in some ways it's so small that it becomes bigger than, than a lot of the other star Wars stuff, because it's about real stuff. It's about like, that they actually made Star Wars about the real world, which I yeah. don't think is something anybody has even tried to do since the original trilogy. And it was how the rebellion was born. Like we got to see like how Cassian Andor became Cassian Andor and kind of, I mean, he got th- a lot of times it's like the hero is thrust into the role and like, and, yeah, but and- this is, he got, he, it, this is like, what happens if the government keeps pushing what if, what if you keep pushing people and push them further and further? What happens? And yeah. that I think this is like the origin so story of how do you piss everyone off so bad that they start a rebellion? <laughs> well, I, it was so good. So I loved that. And I will never apologize. I love The Mandalorian. I know some people didn't like this season. I think it's much. very fun. I, I, I love it. When I, it's I do good, think it's really good. Yeah, I do think that like what it, what I, and what I think is going to get back to is where that show thrives is mando and baby yoda doing stuff together yeah i go do on not, a little on a little adventure like yeah a, one, i do not care if the if the premise stays let us go to like we're trying to do this one thing and oh this person we have to help this person first before they give us the thing that we need to go yep. to the next place <laughs> i do not care if they do that every single episode for five seasons just give me Mando and Baby Yoda doing adventures together because it is my favorite thing in the world. I want, and obviously, I, yeah, Pedro Pascal. I want him to, like, to get a thing. I yes. want him to at some point meet a little guy. Yes. I don't, you know, like they're just, just give me a little guy of the week and yes. they have to go get an object. Like what was the, what is the, what is the little guy that I'm thinking of? The little guy that speaks gibberish and has a wrench. What's the guy? Oh, Babu Frick. Yeah. Yeah. I want, oh I want God. lots of guys. Like I swear when they- <laughs> him the, when he made him the the um, robot to the i nine to walk walk around in that still has the voice of that's great Taika that's Watini. what I want that's I no, want Star no Wars. no yeah I want Star Wars to be one of two things I I want it to either be like really serious dark uh, exploration of fascism or I want it to be a little weird guy. That speaks gibberish. <laughs> when and, he climbed down and then bad baby, no squeezy. Yeah. I just can't. I it it's a guy that God. says bad baby, no squeezy. That's bad the baby, other no thing squeezy. that I want Star Wars oh to be. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess this is all to say like, those have been my favorite two. For, like, and I don't think there's, you know, we talked a little bit about Obi-Wan when we had um, Mike Zimmerman on for the, the Oscars. Or and the I think it's fine. Emmy's I think episode. Cool it's stuff fine. in it. Yeah, it's, there's it's, some cool moments, but it's not, it, it is, it gets a little more in the weeds of like, again, like I said before, being about Star Wars rather than being about real stuff that I can relate it to in real life. Yeah. Like some, and, and those are the parts of Mandalorian I don't like as much too when it's, when we're getting into like, okay, that's fun that like Jack Black and Lizzo are a king and a queen of a space, <laughs> of a space kingdom. But like, that's kind of, it's not, you're not really. Where's, where's Bobby Frank with his wrenches? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Either, either be weirder than that 
or be way more realistic. Or maybe, yeah. So I think I am. I really liked the Mando episode that had Ahsoka. I think she's a great, Rosario Dawson is great for the role. So I'm very excited. The trailers look incredible. So I'm very yeah. stoked for that. Very good, like, samurai type figure. Yeah, I, I thought yeah that great. one was such a cool, and it had Michael Bean in it. So we need That's to, right. you know, we should do an episode where we bring our own potluck things. I'm just going to make you talk about aliens for 30 minutes. Oh, I, I would love <laughs> to do that. We will absolutely have an aliens episode. Let's do an episode where we have like an alien aliens. Like, I love it. That's all, you know what? That's our dynamic. I think as, a, as two co-hosts is that I'm alien and you're aliens. That's our, that's our <laughs> <Yeah>. dynamic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm the grim uh, order of reality and caroline is bill paxton saying no way man no way man came over man came, came over. over i don't know if you're keeping up with current events pal it's <laughs> got her ass kicked sorry sorry too soon to do my one woman show <laughs> yeah all right well uh, w- one other thing that we wanted to do at the top here we we've we have talked some social media on mm-hmm. the show before we we had our great Threads versus blue sky debate that we had early on. <laughs> but you had a couple of items that have been kind of trending, that have been coming up on TikTok, that have yeah. been occupying a lot of your time. And look, That's that good. is pop culture, I think. Yeah. TikTok is because I probably spend pretty close to the same amount of time looking at that screen as I do now watching TV shows and movies, unfortunately. But but it is what it is. So what, let, let's let's dig into what are you watching on TikTok right now, Caroline? Matt, have you heard of girl math? I have I have been served a couple of girl math videos, but why don't you? Why yeah, don't you break so it down in in New Zealand, so there's a few things that will can technically fall under girl math. One of which which I also subscribe to is the um, calculations that you do when you're getting ready. So like I have to be here at this time, which means I have to leave at this time, which means I need to start doing my hair at this time, which means I gotta do my makeup at this time, I shower, drive, whatever. Um, so that's a, a type of girl math, which I like, but this, this uh, New Zealand radio station <laughs> has been talking about the justification that you do in making a big purchase. And so there's been a few uh, clips some, and, and it's excellent content because i have definitely done this before they had an economist come on to like validate their and it was such a good segment um but it's kind of like so a woman called in and she was like i wanted i bought this dress and it was you know eight hundred dollars uh or whatever like six hundred dollars and she's like i am going to three weddings this summer and the host they have two producers that chime in too and they have a little calculator out the whole thing they're like three weddings it's already at two hundred dollars because you're wearing it three times getting all this yeah so you've got all these you know extra uses out of it and then it's like and the the other one of the guys in the studio is like oh come on once you post a picture once in it you're not wearing it again but basically they they managed to get it down to zero where by saying like you'll wear it again, you'll do a resell, you'll trade it with a friend, etc. And so the last one they just did was uh, for Taylor Swift tickets. A woman called in that she was going to all four shows in Sydney, and so like she had to buy hotel rooms and a flight, and it was like forty six hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. And they were like, "Ooh, this one's going to be tough," but they managed to do it. Like, well, if you're going to go for one show, you'd have to take a flight. So like basically the flight zero. <laughs> You know, and then how many videos were you going to take? Like, how many songs were you going to video? And they got it down. And they were like, oh, well, video? essentially, you're going to watch them again. So you're going to get, like, 
hundreds of concerts out of this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted them to divide the number of hours or like the number of songs into the like ticket prices, but I highly recommend girl maths. Uh, It's hilarious. And the, and the DJs are fantastic. Um, This is, this is what I try to do with, with, with my gardening habit. Right. So like in the, in the off season, I'm having to buy all this equipment and, and do all this stuff to, to set up for it. But then I get like one zucchini and I'm like, well, that's, that's like $3 right there. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're erasing the deficit what, When I get a pair of shoes, every time I wear them, I was like, I paid $300, but now they're only, you know, <laughs> my friend did this with, uh, um, they got like ESPN plus subscribed and they were like, can we have to pay this much? So every time that they watched something, they'd be like, now it was only X amount of dollars because I watched it, you know, splitting it up and seeing how it paid for itself. Um, but the other one is, is, uh, it's, it's rush talk time. It's Bama rush. Time. And, and obviously look, I, this is something that's been close to my, this has been part of my life experience for a very long time, but why don't you explain Again, for our listeners, what what is Bama Rush Talk? Well, and Rush exactly. Talk does extend beyond just the University of Alabama, but University right, of Alabama that's sort of the epicenter. Of of it. Yeah, and they're yeah. one of my funniest and favorite things that have come up, Matt. There's um, young girls who have gone to Alabama for specifically the Greek culture and to rush at Bama. Um, but there was this one woman who was like from New York and like day two when she did her get ready with me was like, y'all, I don't know what to do with my hair. Like this is this weather. I've never experienced heat like this. And I was like, welcome to the South. Um, But basically these college freshmen take you on their journey through rush. And it's essentially just outfits and like, they go through the process and every single time it's like skirt is from here. Top is from here. Jewelry's from. So is that really the origin of a fit check? Is that from rush talk or does it predate um, that? Of people doing question. this? Cause the I'm, main thing I know it from is, is where you, I, I'm, I'm, this is a audio medium. I understand <laughs> Caroline can see me I can, where they, okay. Where they like, they do their foot like this. Yeah. Like that's, hold how up they the show, that's how you show your yeah. shoe is you lift your one foot back. Yes. That's what, that's what I mostly know about. Well, that. I would love someone to dig into the origin of both the GRWM, the get ready with me and the OOTD outfit of the day. Those yeah. are both the things that I would like to know more down. about the origin of, of this. And yeah. I mean, maybe get ready with me. YouTube. They'll do makeup and tell you like what they're doing or like, you know, and there's been many popular influencers, like the most, like you hear people talk about like Alex Earl, who was sure. an influencer at Miami, who's now, you know, um, now graduated and probably making more than I'll ever see in my entire life just from like putting makeup on and talking to people and being like friendly and approachable about it. Um, she's, she seems fine. She's enjoyable. I follow her, so I can't, I'm not, I'm not knocking this. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so rush talk is, it's just grown and people, you know, they'll put stuff together in the bags. Cause rush is a process. Like it's not just a process. Oh, yeah. that takes multiple days, but, but for those who are familiar, like going through, it's very different from like fraternity rush, sorority rush. And I was in a sorority at UVA um, and I rushed at like my third year. So like I did a fall rush, which was like a very subdued, not the same thing. Spring rush, like the detail that goes into it as a sister is unbelievable. And so like the number you're going through all these houses, you're meeting all these people, you're learning about their philanthropies, like et cetera, et cetera, all these different things and filling out bid cards and hoping that you get matched. And if you do get matched, you get picked up like, the cost is crazy. And so it's a, 
it's a very interesting from a social perspective. And I say that like as someone who studied sociology, my mom said it would never come in handy. Um, <laughs> it's fascinating for me to just see the interactions and, and, or like the way that it's described and the role that like outfits and energy or whatever play. And not yeah. only that, but I swear like the dorm room setups now I'm like, my house is an adult. It's this coordinated. Like it's what? incredible the amount of decor. And look, this was already the case because because I didn't go into. A, I certainly have not set foot in a ton of college <laughs> no. dorm rooms, even when I was in college. <laughs> I had some friends that I would say, I'm like, I have like, I I think I went to like the college poster sale on the first day. Yeah, Scarface. Like, Did you have a Scarface like, poster? <laughs> bought like three posters, and that was the decoration for my dorm room for the entirety of college. That was it. Uh, but but yeah, I mean it's it is it is incredible the amount of work that goes into it. Like it, it very the only thing I can relate it to at all is that I used to cover recruiting early on mm. in my career as a sports writer, and the level of sort of obsession over detail yeah. is very similar. It's completely different details, but yes. it's but mostly it's the same thing in that the people making the decisions think that they're not being arbitrary, right? Like in their minds, like, no, this is actually really objective. And we can all agree that this girl <laughs> is not cute enough for our sorority, but like, it's completely subjective and you've just convinced yourself that you have criteria. <laughs> I love that they're both called recruitment. So it is, it absolutely is the same thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're now that we've, we've, been diving into we brought it back to college, college. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna bring on matt brown for the second segment of our show so stick around we'll be right back and welcome back we're here with someone else who i think also maybe had a scarface poster in their college dorm room <laughs> uh, the founder creator of extra points which is excellent excellent ncaa content newsletter uh all sorts of website too uh, one of my former co-workers, current friends, uh, Matt Brown. I was so excited you're here. It's, it's so good to be here. Uh, I didn't have Scarface, but I think in my in my freshman dorm room, I had Ghost. I had Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters. Oh, perfect. This, very, this is very going to shock you. Yeah. Um, women were not regular guests <laughs> of my freshman year dorm. Um, Let's see. Uh, hey, you know what? Yeah. I remember my fr my freshman year, my first year, uh, getting Facebook was all the rage because I yeah. don't even know this, but mm -hmm. UVA was like the first non IV to get Facebook, so I've yeah. had it for an embarrassing long time. <laughs> Thank thanks for that. That definitely yeah. made the world better. Our our, our experiences as digital media reporters and also human yes. beings has definitely been improved. Who knew, <laughs> who knew that so much of my job in the future would rely on people clicking on things on Facebook? But we are not, thankfully, here to talk to you about Facebook today. Yeah. Uh, as is customary with our lovely guests on the show, we have asked you to bring a potluck item to our potluck pop culture discussion and, uh, after telling him neither of us have really seen Justified enough to justify talking about it. I am it. working on it. Yeah, it's on, the, it's on the list. Please, uh, please, <laughs> please report. I, I want Very quickly, Caroline gave me a small heart attack when she asked me to be on here because, and Matt, you could probably appreciate this. 
you, I, I have become divorced from popular culture because like I, I get to see like three movies a year. And, and if it's not something like my oldest is eight, if it's I, I, YouTube shorts and like Mr. Beast and you know, <laughs> Fortnite memes, even though my kids Somehow, don't have Fortnite, I'm into that. I feel like, like oh, you, you want to talk about Barbie? I'm like, it's adorable. You guys think there, I've seen there, Barbie. Like, there for sure. There for sure is a, is a window of time where you, you have, you, you sort of, are no longer existing in the same plane as mainstream culture when you're a parent. And I, I am just, I mean, we'll talk about this in a second, but I, I'm just moving back into it again a little bit, I think, uh, because my, my kids are, my kids are 12 and 15. So they're, they're, they're a part of it. And also they're, they're independent enough that I'm able to sort of like, watch movies again and and um and play video games too but but let's um yeah that's that's ultimately what you decided to bring to us this week matt and and you you want to talk about playing video games as as a dad as an adult um, on the switch particularly the nintendo switch which i i do think there's an important distinction here right because if 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 you're a parent the odds are that the video game access that you have is probably nintendo yeah, I I'm lucky. I have a I have a PlayStation. Like actually, here in my office, I have my my 360 that's just for playing NCAA 14 for work purposes. <laughs> so they make like, air quotes. But yeah, I, the problem with the PlayStation, even though I know that they make kids content, is all of the best PlayStation games are, as my youngest, who is five, likes to say, these are murder games. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and they're old enough now, because like when they were babies, I could play The Last of Us, and they're not paying attention. They don't know what a clicker is. But they're old enough now that I'm like, oh, sick, you shot that guy. And I'm like, all right, we are all turning right. on basketball. Because I don't want you going to Chicago public schools saying murder is cool. Um, which is, I think, funny because, like, you know, my kids look like they walked off the set of Nick Jr. Um, and, and here's, like, so, so you have to kind of shift to the Nintendo ecosystem mm-hmm. where there's not as many murder games. Um, and then you play the murder games when they go to bed, but you're probably too tired, which is why, like, a AAA title takes me seven years. To, to finish at, at yeah. this point now that I, I you know I don't have a job where I can play video games at work anymore. So yeah, you kinda the switch is I think the official video game system of the dad. And you know how you know the yeah. most the most murdery game really you can get on the switch is, is Splatoon, which is a shooter, except you're just spraying ink at people and it's totally yeah. harmless. Matt, did you get into um animal crossing? Were you at the beginning of the oh, pandemic? You know, it's, were it's, you? it's funny. I did just because I had never played Animal Crossing before, but I'm Same. like, well, all of my friends are doing it and I don't get to leave my house. But my oldest Penny got crazy into it. Yeah. And so when that happens, like, you know, I don't get the switch anymore because she's the one <laughs> who's, uh, who's playing it. And, and it, this is this is the most pathetic dad thing, because like in my head, when I play Animal Crossing, I'm also thinking, what's the most efficient way for me to go, you know, <laughs> gather up all these fruits, right? Oh, I'm trying to, I'm, yeah. I'm dadding everything here. I'm, I'm thinking about, here. you know, this is my my to-do list in my little island. I'm playing it like Amazing. Stardew Valley. Yeah. And my kids are like, why do I care about getting a big house? I just want to buy a new dress every day. I'm like, Penny, you're, 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 you're missing the value of bells here. If you save up, you could get a bigger closet for all the dresses. She's like, yeah, but the dress on sale today. I'm like, ugh. 
See, girl math. That's <laughs> how. That's how. <laughs> but it's on sale now. If I don't get it, then I'm losing money. Like I that's, that is I like. Think, yeah, I have had similar uh, scenarios to this where I kind of and I understand this like whole genre where people watch other people play video games and then, like basically it seems like if you're under thirty, that's a normal thing to do yeah. and it's not weird. I'm too old for that to be normal. And unfortunately, when I watch other people play, my like control freak switch comes on. And especially when my kids are doing it. And and I can remember with Animal Crossing coming in sometimes and asking my kids, like, like what what are you doing right now? You're just like swimming in a big circle and yeah. diving to the bottom of the ocean. And they're like, it's fun. It's just a game. You just do whatever you want. You're like, no, you have to catch every fish so that your museum is full. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's like you don't even respect natural history. You so guys, there's all these the holes animal. right here. You're more, you're more, you're way behind on your mortgage. <laughs> you're never gonna get that thing paid off. Yeah, the, 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 these the kids don't know how to min. Yeah, you don't know how to min max your casual <laughs> children's game and it, you know why it's because they don't have the pressure to monetize their hobbies like all of yes. us have they haven't been crushed by middle-aged late capitalism and they just want to go for a swim and i can't relate to it they're like they're, they're like look i have a whole room that's toilets and I, <laughs> yeah, like, yes the score yeah. your, your score from happy home academy is going to be horrible for that room that is exactly i'm guessing you have boys um, I, have, I have a daughter and a son. I have daughters, okay, that is the most ten-year-old boy thing. Yeah. And my my, I, I, I've literally seen this. It's like you're right. This is my fart room. This is my toilet room. This this is the bathroom that doesn't have shower because I hate taking showers. That's that's how you play. A very a very different world from a yeah. from us. It's great though, I, and you know, like I, I think I I really I'm in the same boat as you to some degree, Matt. That once we got a switch. My kids mostly were on it nonstop. We got it. We, we actually got the switch mid pandemic and uh, our kids were at home from school. They were they were getting their schoolwork knocked out and then they're on the switch back and forth between each other all day. Yeah. Um, and between that and then the years before that, me having young kids. So I couldn't really responsibly play video games. <laughs> and I'm just like I said, I'm just now getting to the point where my kids want the kind of games I would want to play anyway. And then they go to bed and, and I, I would say the specific reference example for me here is that um, the, not the newest Zelda game, but the one before it breath of the wild was a recent purchase for my son who just turned 12 and I'm like, Hey, you know, you've been asking for this. You really wanted it. And he, and he likes playing it. But then like, I haven't really let my brain go like hardcore gamer since really before I was married yeah. and it's starting, it's starting to kick back on again. And I'm, <laughs> I'm having those, like, the itch flashback, yeah. like looking up and it's one thirty, and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you've just been doing this for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Carol, remember when you, you, when you did this, I, I remember when you got a PlayStation and you were like, guys, have you heard about uncharted? And I'm like, okay. everyone, it's, like, it's don't accurate. even assign Caroline any work this week. Like, we'll, 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 we'll check in. It was in. the first thing I got. I got the, the, like, group pack that was, like, the first yeah. three. It was, like, $19.99. It was the best one I ever spent. Because we, we also were together when Red Dead came out. It was, and... it, was, it was around that. And I also distinctly remember your first experience with The Last of Us. And I was like, oh, everyone, nobody God. talked to her. 
first. Oh, my God. So Caroline yeah. Wentz did all the, like, traumatizing. She did, all the, she did yes. all the AAA murder games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, though, and I don't, I hope, I don't know which one it is, how it's pronounced, but Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, one of the best, if not the best game I've ever played. Very pretty. It was the, the one, one of the few games. Press X to, to uh, pay respect to your ancestors, that it's game. so good. It, because the thing is, the game is visually stunning. It's gorgeous. But it's also one of the, and this is going to sound so bad. I understand how this sounds. One of the few games that I felt like I was actually getting better at. Like, I've played a lot of, like, Call of Duty or um, Mario I've gotten better at. Mario Kart I definitely have gotten better at. I'm very, I get very competitive about Mario Kart. But um, when it comes to, like, these first-person, like, fighting games, like, a lot of times with Call of Duty, you're just kind of, like, sl- maybe a little bit better. Uncharted, you kind of figure stuff out. But I was, like, actually feeling like I was improving in this game, and it wasn't, like, just mashing buttons at times. And I was yeah. like, this is so exciting. <laughs> like, uh, there is, like, I was it, emotionally that game made me wish, that game. It made me wish Japan was real. <laughs> <laughs> The magical realm of Japan. <laughs> I know. Oh no, man, I still miss my horse. Like that part, the storyline. I I will forever be devastated. What, what do you name your horse if you're playing a game that that has horses? This is a great I, I always pick one of the same two names every single time. What is your? Uh, I go with Rasteed Wallace. <laughs> if I can. And then uh, if Rasteed dies or something, Rastid. I go with uh, Horselin. After the, I think the funniest bit from Bob's Burgers about Tina's little doll, like, oh no, my porcelain horse, porcelain, that's like falls I, off the shelf. Oh man, Bob's Burgers is such Which a good show. I die every time. Yeah, yeah, horse. This is this is a I, you know this is a a thing that I'm gonna have to come to terms with very soon playing Zelda because you you can get horses, but unfortunately you have, you have a nine character limit for your horse's mm. name. I really need mm. to, I really need to start brainstorming stuff. I wish I could remember the ghost of Tsushima does like you have to pick one of three, like they give you the options and I wish I could remember what they are. Do you, do you guys often name your characters in games where you can do that? Do you do animals? You, yeah. Are you the kind of person who would just write link when you're playing Zelda as your character name? Or are you going <laughs> to make it your name? Usually, I mean, I'm not seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna name it. I mean, you know, if I was seven, the name would be like butt or or fart right. or something, right? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole part of the whole point of video games is that there there are exercises in imagination. So if I'm playing a basketball game, I'm he's always yeah. Steve, probably, yeah, especially because like he's not in 2K, right? But yeah, if, I, if I'm playing, I, I'll put my, myself in there. If I'm playing like as a GM or something, yeah, because I want I want to pretend. But I'll, I'll I'll name something else if it's if it's not um uh if, if a, a horse pun or, or something rude because the, the, the entire exercise is about is about pretending to be something you're not. My sister once um would put it. She was playing an online something and she would she just called her her screen name was a girl. So if it was like a girl <laughs> killed you or like you were killed by a girl, very good. Um, very or you good. killed a girl, so it would get any you know guys get kind of mad about that stuff (laughs) i i don't i don't think i've told you guys this but like on playstation kicking into the whole exercise of just being ridiculous my gamer tag is tired dad 420 i've never smoked weed in my life i was just trying to do the most ridiculous thing i could you're participating in the culture yeah right because i I feel like everybody else is doing this like you know the internet's where you can pretend and there's but only I, two. There's only two numbers you can use at the end of your name. No, entire dad sixty nine was taken. 
Yeah. And, you know, because I don't want to. You know how many Matt Browns there are on the internet? Like, I don't, I'm too I mean, old to come up with something new. Hell, there's two of them that talk about college football, and I find yeah. that rude. Oh. <laughs> Matt, You're the I, real one, Matt. Speaking of both college football and video games, I actually I want to ask you specifically. Yeah. You just created a video game, and I did. Yeah, I, I want to talk about this a little bit and your and your background and what inspired you to do this because you've you've created a program called Athletic Director Simulator Three Thousand that is available over uh, over at your website at Extra Points. But is was there? I would say was was there a specific genre of game that you would say really inspired what you were doing here? Uh, yes, um, you know. So I mean, the the, the clear example and i think this is written everywhere is, is oregon trail right like i joke here that graphically we, there is a lot of well and, and it's yeah. funny i did this on purpose <clears throat> like with the joke in our company right now is that we've made the best the best video the best sports simulation game of 1982 is, is, <laughs> is what ads3000 is right it's black and green graphics it's 8-bit audio that you want to hear on wisconsin coming through a game boy like you should, you should play this game. And the reason I did it is because, guys, I'm not a good computer programmer. I'm a reporter. <laughs> and I learned how to do some of this at night. And we, we used a couple of, of freelancers to help. But we recognized, that, like, I, we can't build football manager. I can't make a AAA title. But if I make it look like something that came on a five-and-a-half-inch floppy, it signals <laughs> to the reader that they should keep their expectations modest because <laughs> this game was made on a small budget and by a bunch of liberal might, arts majors. You what? might die of dysentery. <laughs> and, yeah, and the other thing, this is perfectly situated to play, emotionally manipulate the nostalgia of people in their late 30s to early 40s. Yes. And who's my target market? Professors who are around this age <laughs> who are looking to buy this for curriculum support or Reddit dorks who are our age. So... You know, I'm working to make the game more complicated and better, but I think the next version will look like it came out in 1992 instead Ooh. of 1982. But more it's, like it's, the, the it's, Sim City generation of games. Uh, that, yeah, that's that, that's what I'm thinking. Something you know, like a like a 480 60x Windows 3.1 kind of thing, like like a like ski free, but <laughs> running an athletic department kind of thing. Like that's that's kind of the aspirational goal. Once I learn how to color with more than two colors, for now, <laughs> we're gonna operate within the confines of what I know how to do, which is not that much. <laughs> Well, Matt, it's uh, it's an extremely fun and and uh, and creative project that you've got over there. And thank you. We've we we're always trying to do some sort of gamified segment um, in our show when we have our guests on every week. And I, I looking at looking at your game and talking about video games with you. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to sort of draw upon our the three of us our lifetime of of experience playing video games and i wanted to have a draft uh where we are choosing our favorite video game franchises um we're each going to pick our three favorite we're going to go in order and once something is picked obviously it's not going to be available for anybody else so we're we're going to go ahead and and begin our first ever for the water cooler video game franchise draft. And I do have a jingle to get us started. Chandler, could you play the jingle for me? There was something in the air that night. The screen was bright. Nintendo. There were power ups for you and me and Luigi. Nintendo. Oh, I hate it. 
My wife, Francesca, is singing backup vocals for me there. Um, That's love, man. I don't get to hear these before they're played for you as well. That was the first time I've heard that. Oh, yay, Ava. This was a special moment, and I'm really glad I got to be a part of it. Francesca crushed it. Please pass along my response. Will do. She will appreciate that. She's she's who introduced me to Ava, so I think it was only right. Uh, Okay, so... We're going to start, Matt. You're going to be, since you're the guest, you're going to go first. And then we'll have Caroline pick second and I will pick third. We'll do three rounds. Everybody gets to pick your three favorite video game franchises. Matt, what is your first selection? This is, this is stressful. So I think the second and third picks will be a little bit easier. But if I have to, if I, you know, if I have to pick one for, sh- for sheer volume, replayability, versatility i think you i think you have to go mario like especially if you get all the mario games well we're going i think we have to go mainline mario here okay so even even mainline mario forgetting mario rpg or mario attempt sports or unlicensed mario (laughs) like all that stuff here mario attempt sports (laughs) yeah i have the mario sonic like 2012 olympics but you're you're talking i mean you're talking about the games that i'm talking about Mario, Mario jumping on yeah, the, the, the whole yeah. like one. These are some of the only games that think Galaxy. Were, Odyssey. Yeah, the ones that were made before 1990 are like some of the only old console games that are still fun to play. Yeah, um, the most of the modern ones are masterpieces. You can enjoy them if you're seven or 37, um, and the, the that line still includes like 20 different games. Uh, there's incredible a that, music for all of them yeah. too. Sure, yeah, the the Super Nintendo ones full of bangers. Oh um, yeah, I'll take Super it. Nintendo one is top notch. Uh, the Nintendo, the Mario 64 is one of the hardest games that has ever existed. And the fact that people can like do speed runs of that game Psycho. blows my mind. Psycho stuff. It's amazing. Like, to, yeah. I don't think we ever got past like two of those little jump through the little world things. That shit was hard, you guys. It was hard. I never beat it. No, it's because it's impossible. No, it's so I'll tell you, like, when I got it, when I had an N64 and when I had this, I was, there was, there, there's, there's a certain window. And I think it's when video games and sports, are the two most important things in your world. And then when you get a little bit older, then it becomes girls or <laughs> other school obligations or other things. At that point, it's like, I'm not going to play Mario for 80 hours anymore. Uh, and, and like all the, the, the video game binging feats had to be done before, like I turned 16. And I think I missed that window for Mario. I got far enough in it. And I'm like, I don't want to go do another water level. Oh I'm, I'm going to so go. Hard. I'm going to go be a hooligan outside, and I'm like, because I know, I know, I can't beat it. But maybe I could come back now as a grown up. Maybe I could, uh, I could kick fourteen year old Matt's butt. No, I tried and like I go to that little fireplace, and then like I burn my butt, and the guy's like, Woohoo! and he like no. skips along the surface, <laughs> and I'm screwed. I'm out of it. So, all right, that's a great pick. I think. Yeah. Can't go. Um, can't go wrong. I'm going to go. This is draft purposes. Like, because I'm competitive. Um, it's not necessarily my favorite, but I'm going to take Zelda at second. Wow. Devastating for me. <laughs> Devastating. Yeah. 
blow to math. <laughs> it, it is. It is very good. There's that just, does, there's mean, that so does mean much. you're stuck with the second Zelda game, though, which was pretty bad. <laughs> there's just so but much content. It really is like the first franchise of video games that that I was involved in, where it's like you can sort of take this seriously in some way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like there's it's still yeah. iconic. So I and it also good music. It's a very banger good. of a theme. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I, I differentiated Matt's pick and specified it because oh, one of my key options was I wanted to go with Mario Kart if it was available. I'm taking Mario Kart specifically as a franchise. Okay. Uh, and I, I mean, for me, I really love eight. I love the Wii Mario Kart, but Mario Kart 64 for so me good. is the most perfect multiplayer video game that has ever been created. I think it is a perfect game. My sister and I had one of those fake truces where we're always like, I promise I won't shoot you with a shell until you were in second and had a red shell. And it was like the last lap. And Mario then, Kart is no place for diplomacy. That bad boy that, would fly and then we get in fist fights. Sure. It was <laughs> Mario Kart 64 is, is real politique. Who's, your, who's your driver? I'm I am a, I'm actually a toad guy on 64. Mm-hmm. I like Koopa Troopa. Same I felt vibe. confident in my in my ability to evade contact, so yeah. I, I went with the speed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong there. I I, uh, I appreciate Yoshi. I appreciate yeah. some of the more ridiculous like fourth tier characters. But what's great, I think I agree with you. It makes it such a masterpiece for uh, multiplayer on, on on the couch is that you don't actually have to be good. Like somebody who plays yeah. a video game once every two years can still win, and somebody who uh, is, is plays all the time could, could still win. Um, it's very very democratized with the with the, the way the item boxes work. All right, Matt, yes. we're back around to you for round two. For round two. So here is where I think I might differ. I might uh, I might leave the uh, the orthodoxy here a little bit. There's there's one that you maybe one of you two will pick, and there's I'm thinking of one that I'm pretty sure you guys won't pick. I'm gonna take Pokemon at number two, despite the fact I am a grown man. And uh, a lot of the Pokemon games I fully recognize are not good. Like I, I've played some of like the new releases, and I'm like, oh yeah, these were all definitely games for children. Um, like I, yeah. I can smoke this thing here. This is this is no match for me. But the the part of it is, is nostalgia because I think that was the first video game that I got embarrassingly into. Um, and if you want to go uh, treat it like an adult. And, and try to maximize every little thing you can. If you just want to turn your brain off for a little bit for something that sounds familiar, uh, that, that, that's fine too. But if I'm like, I think it is an excellent game to have on your phone if you are having to commute on, on a train every day. If the Wi-Fi doesn't work and you're stuck on a flight, you're like, I got Pokemon Gold on this, <laughs> on this phone through an illegal emulator. Um, that's, a, that's a great way to, to blow two hours. Um, As a, I'm, I'm, our I'm coworker... Our coworker Mary Clark informed me uh, earlier today. Uh, it is the Pokemon is the highest grossing video game IP in like history, so it's incredible. That that's that, good. That, that, po- pointing out Pokemon Leaf Green for the Game Boy Color was elite. He says it's pretty good. I think I think I might have Leaf Green on my phone. I don't think I'll play it in a very long time because I, I also work from home now, so it's not like I'm I'm taking the the L all that often. But on those days when I actually had to go to an office and wear pants and be around other people, like nothing wrong with playing twenty minutes Pokemans. Um, Caroline, you're up. To this, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. I'm taking GTA. I'm 
Man, she took my pick again. <laughs> Man, you guys, I, I, I thought about I, that. When they the original had... murder game. <laughs> I I feel I, it's a game that like I genuinely feel bad about playing it sometimes when yes. I do it. Yeah, but also yeah. it's really fun and and like I, I here's I I want to know how if this is something either of the two of you did. I actually was fairly law abiding when I would play the game. Like yes. I can't bring myself to run over pedestrians and stuff like that. I no. most like I don't stop at traffic lights, but otherwise I'm pretty <laughs> well behaved in that game. I, there is something about like when you have the moment and you like get the four stars and like you're trying to evade like every possible piece of law enforcement. Um when later games would leave decisions up to you, I did not like that. Because I'd always be like, okay, go go on, run away. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not making that life or death choice. Like, that's not. But when it, when it, you're me, saying, like, when it would tell you to, you have to murder this guy before No, he when gets they give you the options, there's a few options in, like, um, I think GTA 5, where it's like you decide whether or not you let them go or, or not. Like, <laughs> or no. things end for them badly. Um, and I'd always be like, okay, get out of here. You learned your lesson, like that kind of thing. Um, or if someone's like hanging off the side of a building and it's like press X to pull them up, like I'd always be like, I can't just let this person go. Like that's like, if you've taken, if you put the decision in my hands, I have to make the moral decision. Like this is, you know, I will pull you up. Uh, Vice City was the first one that I played and that the soundtrack and the, like the, just, it was the colors and all that stuff and it was, but then once you got to go and they introduced in san andreas like the customization aspects like when you let me take my character to get different hairstyles game like when you game. let me make my guy fat yeah or like yeah I'm like <laughs> like the you had to go to the gym to get stronger the more you ran like the <laughs> running you got like all these things where you got to like ride a bike for the first time i was like yeah. now we are cooking so i just i am that GTA, you know, I'm the one that's waiting on like the GTA Six trailer, like the release date, all that stuff. But they are making money hand over fist with GTA Five on the like um, online version. So I'm kind of like, I get it, Rockstar. I get why you haven't like released this, but it's uh, it's just, it's yeah, it's always been one of my my faves since Vice. They are masterpieces. Yeah. But I will also definitely remember the first time I played Vice City. And thinking back to like every youth Sunday school lesson I had, like, my soul is in mortal peril. This is the worst thing I've ever done. I've seen rated R movies. I've said words with all kinds of swears. I have an internet connection in my room. And yet this is the worst, this thing, is the worst thing that I've ever done. They were right. Yeah. I learned yet, uh, so great. many songs from listening to the country station in San Andreas, like Mississippi woman or whatever, Alabama woman, Mississippi man or whatever. Alabama woman, Mississippi Tr- man. Truly. Together every time I, can. I, I would say, I would honestly, I, and I was GTA three was what I first got into. And <laughs> there's a radio station in that game that only plays the soundtrack of the movie Scarface. Come bring it back around to the, <laughs> Bringing it back, and it's it's phenomenal. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah the music wise, music is it's great. extremely fun. And you've gotten like Ray Liotta has done voices. They've yep. had like a bunch of really strong like voice actors on the. On, and actually, one of the guys, Trevor, he will always just be Trevor to me. Was a character in Walking Dead in the horrible season eight 
She's, she's <laughs> Caroline, Caroline, this is a running theme, Matt. Running Carol, thing, I gotta Caroline is still traumatized from still, Walking, Walking Dead. I think there might be people who are in The Walking Dead Season 8 that didn't see The Walking Dead Season 8. I know, but literally, I think I tweeted, I was like, is that Trevor? Like, And it literally, it was the guy who voices and they modeled the physical character after this guy. And I don't even know his real name. His name is Trevor. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Okay, great pick. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to go, this is, this is tough because we're, we're running, running into stuff that I I think is very, there were phases of my life where I was super into it and and maybe I'm not anymore, but I, but I still have fond enough memories. I'm actually going to go guitar hero here. Oh, speaking of music. Yeah. Um, Okay. And it's, it's one of those, it's weird because it's, it's extremely satisfying to get good at it. And then the, everyone, everyone who's ever done this has a moment where they've spent, like they put a bunch of hours in and they're really good at the game. And then they want to show their friends that they're good at it. And then you immediately realize that it's not impressive to other people at all, that you're good at guitar hero. doesn't translate to anything else in real life. (laughs) No, it's not impressive at all. It's it's every every guy my age has had the Ken on the beach moment, but with Guitar Hero, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, D- D- DDR I think was was a similar thing. If, if you were of a certain age or or there's Just Dance is also a franchise sure. similar to that. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, but I mean, it, it is it is pretty cool. I uh, it's I, fun I to play it. for sure. It is fun to play. They're all fun to play. All right, uh, Matt, another good pick. So my my last round. one here. This is fully recognizing that the last game in this franchise was complete garbage, but I will pick the Mass Effect games. And, okay. And I think Mass Effect Two is probably the greatest game I've ever played in my life. Played it. Um, it was the. These were the games that I, I remember. I remember like pick, picking these up right after I got married. My wife did not come from a household that ever played any of these, and Taylor was like. Um, cancel our plans. I want to see what happens in the story. All I want to do is watch. Like that, that was our Netflix show. That was our soap opera. Uh, I, I remember even thinking, like, you know, like, you know, we, we were newlyweds. We've been married for like three months. She's like, what, what do we want to do tonight? I want to play Mass Effect 2. I'm like, that was not what I was expecting <laughs> you to say. But, but I am delighted. <laughs> all right. Let's, 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 let's fire this up. Right. And, and the, the third game was really excellent too. And I, I just, I think of many of the big fancy triple a titles now which it's ironic it's like now i make enough money that i could just buy a video game if i want but they're not as good like do i or or even if like for a big prestige television show do i want to do i want to spend 60 hours invested in this universe or would i rather be in the mass effect universe that i already know is good um <laughs> why why am i not just playing mass effect and and I, I i think the first one's good second and third are masterpieces and i hope that someday they make another one but that's uh that's pretty good too very very meaningful for me Nice. Caroline, your final pick. I know what I probably, I'm between two and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my heart on this one and I'm going to take Uncharted because they're pretty great. I absolutely love those games. Um, They're a ton of fun. It's something that feels like if you haven't played them for a while, it feels like you're playing them for the first time again because you forget a lot of the details and like trying to figure out. um, I just feel so athletic when i can like climb walls and stuff even though i physically can't um but it adds like the it has a great they all have great stories there's 
puzzles, just or riddles, like things to figure out, like, you know, ways to do things to make sure you get it right. Um, and I will tell you, I am one of the ones that love Tom Holland as Nathan Drake because I love Tom Holland. So there's no wrongs for me there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take Uncharted. I love those. I think the last Uncharted game is the best video game I've ever watched somebody play. Like it, it feels like a movie. So like, I understand why they made a movie about it. And it's maybe the only one that has like a realistic depiction of, of like, like the way they depicted Nathan Drake's marriage. Like, no, of course this thing is falling apart. This guy has a death wish. <laughs> Any woman would be sick of his crap. And, 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 and that's a level of nuance you don't typically see in a video game. Look, and I'm going to say it too. Nathan Drake's a babe. So, you know, uh, he's, he's a, he's a, handsome, he's a guy. handsome guy. He doesn't have the raw career, the, the pure sexual energy of Scully. That's true. That's true. All right. That's going to be the clip that gets put on TikTok. That's great. Whatever. You played the game, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. As I am, I am an old PC gamer uh, from back in the day, and I'm going to go with the Mist games as my franchises. I know. Those aren't good. I liked them, Matt. I thought they were really. <laughs> Matt, were you the only person in the world that beat Mist without buying the hit book? I might, I might be the only guy g- genuinely that played all four of the original Mist games. There were four. There, there were, were four uh, of them. Yet another game in which young Caroline could not get past like the second. Like it, we get through was, the first island. Nobody could. Yeah, it was. Or it like was essentially look. Level. It was like a. It was like an extension of the point and click stuff from the eighties. Right. Except it was yeah. like the, 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 the visuals were a big step up, but mostly it was like the old Apple games. If you're, if you're close to 40, like me and maybe played those in the eighties. So I liked the puzzle solving of it. I liked that it wasn't like speed based and timing based and reflexes and stuff, Certainly which is very different not. than games now. <laughs> uh, and I liked that you would have to sit there and like figure stuff out for a while and you'd have to like write stuff down. And, and uh, I don't know, it's it's definitely an extremely different experience than what video games are today. But I'm 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 that guy. I'm the guy that liked the weird puzzle games from the early 90s. I I was so into that genre. I don't think I mean, I mean, I even told you this, Caroline. I, I used to. I was really into adventure game studio, and I built a couple of point and click games in high Whoa. school. Whoa! Because I like thought I was my original dream job was to be a, a software developer. Before I realized I suck at math, I suck <laughs> at drawing. I really just like telling you jokes. Do like decision trees and stuff. I like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're like, hey, you know, you'll you know, use inventory. I'll uh, use rock on window. And they're like, oh, there's going to be yeah. a joke and breaking the window. I want to write the joke, and then I realized I should just write and skip all of the scenes. Because <laughs> I love, but I love those things so much. Like I would love to make a college football one of those things. Oh wow! I, yeah, I understand. Like like a compliance officer, like Sam and Max kind of thing. But but you're solving. That would like, be incredible, like, Matt. You're solving the Jim Harbaugh hamburger caper or something like like that. That's the white whale. If you guys just just shut the hell up, so I wouldn't have to write a newsletter every day. Don't <laughs> like, slander these young men, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. It would be but, listen, the, the 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 tips line. For extra points is legitimately compliance at extrapointsmb.com if you, no, if no. you have something. But I, I get that. I just legitimately didn't know anybody played Mist after Raven. I, I didn't know that they well, like, I'm I, the I guy. Had the tab open. There's that's, five. That's the one. That's, I'm the one. Wow. I, I mean, I, it, it's for sure 
it, it's a it's a different speed. I, I don't think I'm ever gonna be like a Call of Duty guy because it's not what I play video games for. But it but that's I would say like Zelda. Part of what's drawing me into Zelda right now is it's kind of a mix of that. Like it's part yeah. adventure game where you have to figure out a puzzle that's that whoever designed it is like left just enough information for you to figure it out. And then some of it is combat and button mashing and stuff like that. But, Matt, but it's, it's not too you, far either way. Did you play, did we talk about this? Did you play the X-Files computer game? I did play the X-Files oh God, game. Yes. Like a Terrifying. very scary version of Myst, yes. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you like open the dossiers and like do investigating and stuff. Loved it. No notes. <laughs> really good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our that's our draft. Uh, Matt, thank you for participating. Thank you for your for your um, your your memories of playing <laughs> video games as both a youngster and a dad. And uh, where can people find? What you're working on right now? I know we already talked about it, but where, what do you what do you want to direct people to specifically right now? Well, yeah, if you want to play Athletic Director Simulator, which is sounds like a joke, but I swear isn't a joke, and most of the questions aren't jokes. Um, you can find that at our website, extrapointsmb.com. I write a newsletter uh, four days a week on the off the field forces that shape college athletics. So if you want to read about realignment and NIL and how schools make money and how, where that money goes and all the behind the scenes stuff. If you're a sicko. Um, I write for sickos and then you can find that at, at extra points. You can find me on Twitter uh, where I, I probably uh, where I am is when, and when I should be reporting uh, that's at Matt Brown EP. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt on the show and um, everybody go check out all of Matt's wonderful work and, um, in the go meantime, play Mist. and go play <laughs> Mist. Actually, it's free right now on the iPhone. By the way, it's in the it's in the iPhone store. I should I should look. I should you look know what? This. You know what? It go might check happen. it out. Go check it out. All go right. check out Rush Talk. Thanks, Do some girl math. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you again next week here at the Water Cooler. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.